Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's led to lies without repercussions, slander, hoaxes, misinformation, all sorts of craziness that's online. Should the platforms be liable for that? If we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media? I'm Megan Lynch, host and reporter at Legacy 50,000 Watt AM radio station KMOX in St. Louis, Missouri. In my three decades as a journalist, I've had the honor of receiving a number of awards for my work, including one I'm most proud of, a National Edward R. Murrow Award. I'm joined by Julie Smith, author of Master the Media, How Teaching Media Literacy Can Save Our Plugged-In World. As an instructor and public speaker, Julie teaches how to dissect what you see and hear so you can be a savvy digital consumer. In this episode, the question of whether to regulate social media. We're talking about Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act and how, I know that sounds really heady. It sounds so fancy. It does. But basically what we're talking about (laughs) is social media and whether or not it should be regulated differently. Because people are uh, on both sides of this. Um, Some people don't know what to think, but should the things that happen on social media be regulated differently than they are today? And I think it's such an interesting discussion to be had. Um, A lot of people throw out the term Section 230 without really knowing what it was. It's a part of the 1996 Communication Decency Act. And what it does is provides immunity for the platforms from third-party content. So essentially, it absolves those platforms from any repercussions of what is posted on there by individuals. So it was included in 1996 as a way to kind of spur online innovation and online discussions. But in the process, then... It's led to lies without repercussions, slander, hoaxes, misinformation, uh, all sorts of craziness that's online. Should the platforms be liable for that? Are they platforms or are they news publishers? Like, so, Megan, you work for KMOX. You are absolutely liable for what you put on the air, correct? We are. Yes. And there's a lot of things that would have to be proven, Right. As far as intent and maliciousness. Right. Uh, right. But yes, we, we have to be very careful and we, we're accountable for that legally. So there are interesting sides to this argument, right? One side says 
that these platforms should be regulated, that Section 230 should be amended, changed, or dropped, basically so that the lies and the misinformation and the hoaxes will not or could not be as prevalent on these platforms as they are now. Sounds like a great idea, right? To keep misinformation from being online. Who would decide that? Who would decide what is a misinformation? Because that's a huge issue. Libel is already illegal, but there are so many issues with this that make regulation problematic. A lot of the content originates from overseas, right? And the sheer volume of content almost makes it problematic or impossible to regulate the content. Something like 400 hours of YouTube content is uploaded every minute. So for us to say to Alphabet, the company that owns Google and YouTube, you need to make sure that everything that's on YouTube is real, meaningful, valid, and true. It's impossible because the sheer volume makes it that way. These platforms are unelected. They are unaccountable. Yet they wield so much power that I think it's a really interesting discussion to, to have. And I'd love to hear what some listeners think about it. Well, and I guess, too, I wonder, too, about personal responsibility. Oh, that's just crazy talk. (laughs) I mean, is it time for those of us in the public, when we see things, to simply call it out instead of pointing the finger? But what if we like it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, imagine if, if, uh, remember War of the Worlds? Oh, sure. We could have the next wonderful War of the Worlds. That we could quash (laughs) with rules like this. I'm playing devil's advocate. Well, okay. So you mentioned personal responsibility. Yes. Yes, we should call out misinformation. And typically, like when I do workshops, people always say, now, should I tell my sister-in-law that what she posts is dumb? I usually encourage the sharing of research and calling out people who post misinformation privately. because You don't want to shame anybody, right? The only issue there is is something called the, the, there's a backfire effect. That in many cases, if people really like the message that they posted, even when confronted with conflicting information, they're going to double down because they don't like to be told that they're wrong. But this all relates to kind of what you mentioned about personal responsibility. How many of us actually read the terms of service? None of us. None of us. None of us. Deloitte did a survey a couple years ago that said 11% of Americans read terms of service. I'm like, "Mm, those 11% are liars. Nobody reads them. I, well, I'll, I'll say I read like the first few paragraphs and then I'm like, man, whatever. Okay, that's big. So <laughs> there's a lot in those terms of service that we don't realize. And I think that that's where the personal responsibility starts is that do we understand what we've agreed to with these platforms? Do we understand that they can delete our accounts anytime they want? That we've agreed to never sue them? That we've agreed to certain parameters about what we post. So a lot of the issues that people have with Section 230 would actually not exist as prevalently if the platforms enforced the terms of service. For example, in Twitter's terms of service, we agree to never post hurtful or harmful language. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we've agreed to this. (laughs) There would be five people on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. So... We've already agreed to this, right? We still do it. We, I'm speaking generally, I'm usually fairly nice on Twitter. But why isn't that enforced? Well, it's the volume. It's the volume and it's the money. It's the volume and it's the money because 
the more users, the more monthly users that the apps say they have, the more advertising money, advertising revenue they can generate. And in many cases, I've seen some studies that say like 30% of the accounts on Twitter are bots, right? Well, Twitter knows that, but they don't want to get rid of them because it inflates their numbers. So there are so many things at stake here. And that's why I think this makes it such a juicy discussion. I think one of the interesting things that some of the lawmakers want to do is they, one of the proposals, they want to require the companies to at least report things to police. Is that the responsibility of these social media companies or is that the responsibility of the public seeing these things? I don't know if I would want that responsibility if I was Jack Dorsey or Mark Zuckerberg. That's a lot of responsibility. You know, that's true because wasn't there um, a case with maybe a school shooting in the last year or so where the, the person in question had posted a lot of things online and no one blew the whistle, no one raised any flags? But we're assuming that what they posted was also seen, and we don't know that either. Because of the sheer volume, there's a good chance you could post something and it, it just gets lost in the One or two hose. people get seen. Right, right. So there's there's a lot of issues here, and I think it's really the solution for me, and of course I'm not objective because I love media literacy, is that is that educating the consumer about the terms of service, about the economic structure of the apps, and about the role that they play within the structure of the app and how the app makes money I think that that's really the answer because I, I'm not sure that I trust the government to do it. I certainly don't trust the platforms to do it, not because of their ideologies, which is always in question, but always just the sheer volume. Yeah. And I think there were a lot of users over the last election cycle that were upset when things, especially on Facebook, mm-hmm. would have a warning instead of what you posted, you know, for whatever reason, whatever triggered whatever algorithm Right. You know, to put a warning on that post, I think people really felt like Like that was an attack violated some right they had. Yeah. Now, what right do we have on these platforms? It's not a public space. No. (laughs) You know, in the same way that you stand in the corner would be. Yeah. Are public. So I've had students before say, well, what about my First Amendment rights? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. First Amendment means you can't go to jail for it, right? But these platforms are privately slash publicly held spaces owned by other people. They can delete whoever they want. And we've agreed to that in the terms of service anyway. I'm sure that the creators of these platforms never imagined the things that they would be dealing with. And with so many of these cyber issues, Mm -hmm. our laws are... We can't keep up. Slow to catch up to what's going on. We can't keep up. And how would you legislate it anyway? You know, I've often said that Mark Zuckerberg created a monster he can no longer control. He never intended it to be a publisher slash news outlet. But indeed, that's what it's become. And a large majority of Americans consider Facebook as a source of news. And yet, CamoX is on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. NBC is on Facebook. So the... There is valuable information that is posted there in addition to everything else. And we have to know how to sift through that information. That's the tough part. Well, and I think for a lot of people, too, you know, if we would really step back and think about it, we would just get off the platforms. (laughs) But we're not going to do that because we have FOMO. We're afraid of missing out on something. I mean... 
certainly we wouldn't physically go to places where we would see this type of vulgarity and violence that sometimes is called out. What would you think if it was a requirement that you could not have an anonymous account? Like you had to use your real name, you had to use your real photo. Do you think it would change people's behavior? Who would verify that? Well, I know, I know. I There's know. so many. The deep fakes are so good nowadays. I would make myself like a 5'10 skinny blonde, I think, if I was going to deep fake <laughs> myself. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to deep fake yourself, you might as well turn yourself into somebody fabulous, right? <laughs> well, you know, and, and I think this this question of should social media companies be reporting crime? Did we ever ask newspapers to report crime that was advertised in their classified section? Because there sure were some ads for sure. sex trafficking and other things that would get published. But, but oh, that's true. You know, I was just about to say, but that's not a platform. It's a publisher. But that's exactly why they should be liable. Right. So there's there's a question for people to think about because so many gray areas. I mean, I had uh, I remember law enforcement officials would say, you know, that's how we track, you know, and this was some years ago. Back when newspapers sold classified ads and everything didn't move to Craigslist. Exactly. (laughs) And this is how we track the activity. We can look at keywords in this and know what they're selling. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That it's not, you know, they're selling sex back here. On these classified pages. And the newspaper's not responsible for that. Nobody ever asked him to be. Now, I think there was a push at some point and some newspapers started taking those things out that were obviously, you know, I think there's some that made a stand. Mm -hmm. But I don't ever recall anybody saying, well, the the newspaper should stop publishing this, these classifieds, because they're publishing crimes. One thing about the newspaper that's different now, at least from Facebook or Instagram, the the newspaper was put to bed the night before, right? So by the time we saw the newspaper, it was, what, 10, 12 hours old. Mm -hmm. But now we've got people committing crimes and live streaming it as as they do it. But how do you stop that from happening? If if, If you are allowing live streaming at all, how do you control that content? These are. This is why I'm so glad I'm not in charge of any of those platforms, <laughs> because it's a minefield. It is a minefield. It's an absolute minefield. So you want people to be comfortable on your site, but at the same time, there's a percentage of activity that's happening on your platform that is illegal, misleading, dangerous. Um, I I say I'm going to go out on a limb and say threatening to democracy, right? And yet none of it is quote unquote illegal from a First Amendment slash platform point of view. It's crazy. I don't know. I don't know what the solution is here. That's what makes me a little nervous. I mean, I think probably what's going to happen is whoever has the deepest pockets is going to win the lobby. So In a cynical, I mean, just in a cynical world. Okay, so say that Section 230 is repealed or changed and the platforms are now legally responsible for their con- the content that is posted there by third parties. How do you regulate it? How do you enforce it? They have insurance policies. So the insurance that will companies cover will make losses a ton if they get sued, of money, won't they? Like a malpractice contra- contract. Oh, that's genius. 
that's probably what they would do. Like of those big lottery insurance contracts. Shoot, they've got cybersecurity insurance now if you get attacked. That makes so much I sense. I don't know that there would be a cooling off. If it was lucrative enough, they would continue to do what they're doing and they would find other ways to cover any potential losses. What about content from other countries? Is that enforceable? I mean, I guess it is. The platform is based in the United States, right? Because we're regulating the platform, not the... I was going to say we're regulating the platform, but not the content, but we are. Now, as an individual, if there was something that you wanted to post from a professor in China Mm -hmm. or Russia, would you want that information to be stopped? Even if you thought it was perfectly valid, valuable information? No, that's true. (laughs) I think there's probably going to be a lot of talk and not a lot is going to happen. I wish that that people were more self-aware when they are operating on these platforms, not just about what they post, but what they consume and what they believe and what they share. I mean, I I think it comes down to so much in society is uh, are we going to take a personal stand? Are we going to quit being princess blame shifter Oh, that is a fantastic, (laughs) fantastic name. Can I be her for Halloween? (laughs) You know, and quit blaming all these other places and stand up and take action. I think the one thing that's risky in that is nowadays, pretty much anyone can track you if you fire back on social media. So it's a dangerous thing. You can be doxxed, Mm -hmm. which, okay, so here's a story. There's a woman named Matthew Benassi. Um, 60 Minutes did a feature on her when they were talking about Section 230. She had been to China in December, January of last year. Someone posted something inaccurate about her that she had, she was the one that brought the coronavirus to the United States. There were, after a very short period, there were 70 videos of her. People, um, Claiming that, you know, with death threats, threatening her, they doxxed her, pointed out where she lived, what her phone number was, and it was all false. And her her issue was, who's responsible for this? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you go after all of the people involved in that? How do you? It's like going after someone who steals your identity. It's darn near impossible. Which happened to you recently, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I have some experience in that. So who do you feel was responsible for that? Anybody? Or is it just things that happen now in today's day and age? It's things that happen. You know, there's no way as Jane Q. Public that I'm ever going to find out who did it. Mm -hmm. So you just have to put firewalls in place to try to stop it from happening more. So could we put up mental and emotional firewalls for things that we see on social media platforms? Yeah, I think it's going to have to come down to individuals policing what they they see on there. And there's going to be a certain group of people that aren't. Because on one half, you have people that say that, say that Section 230 gives people too much leeway mm-hmm. to say what they want and gives Internet companies a pass. It legally. totally gives them a pass, yeah. Um, but then you have other people that say... On the same hand, 
it gives these companies too much leeway to suppress what people are saying. I don't know that those two things are ever going to meet in Boy, legislation. that's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. Because if you change Section 230, then they are gatekeepers for whatever they want. Well, and essentially they are already, right? Because they did um, delete former President Trump's Twitter account. So there is gatekeeping to an extent. Um, and I think that that's an issue that a lot of people have, is that the gatekeeping might be selective. <laughs> yeah. Regardless of what you think about what someone is saying, should we have the availability to see it? That's the million-dollar question. I'm Megan Lynch with media literacy expert Julie Smith. What the Media is produced by Odyssey St. Louis from the studios of KMOX Radio. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our Media Literacy Project. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.